0: Hi everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the Heartfelt Podcast. Actually, I feel quite proud of myself that I have reached um five episodes already of the podcast and I've been like semi consistent with it. Um there's been an episode more or less like every seven, ten days. Um so that's a kind of a small accomplishment for me. Um I'm going strong. I love recording podcasts and I feel like I say that on every episode, but it's just it brings me so much satisfaction and joy, and it's even like more than I expected initially. I hope that more of you will join me as a part of this journey, and that you're you're enjoying it. you're enjoying it as well, so yeah, let's firstly talk a bit more about what has been up with me and some little updates about my life. so I'm still enjoying my hot girl summer it's been so far it's been very carefree and joyous and exciting and although like the main my main trips of the summer have not happened yet like the greece and going to the north of poland like to the seaside these are my like two main trips they haven't happened yet i feel like i've already done so much not necessarily traveling but just like stuff i wanted to do in the summer to have time for my routines to have time to get back to running try some new recipes meet with my friends read finally read i've been reading so much and it's it's, I mean, it's kind of linked to the topic of today's podcast, which is um, a specific book I'm going to be talking about. But in general, um, even besides reading this one book, I've read other ones and maybe it's not like some crazy amounts. Like when I was younger, um, like say 13, 14, I, me and my family have like a hut near a lake and in like a, Part of Poland, like two hours away from my home, and we would go there every summer and I remember when I was younger, I would literally like bring um like as many books as I was spending days there, so say I was going for two weeks, I would literally bring fourteen books, and I am not kidding you with that um and I tried to read one book every day, and sometimes I would succeed um I don't think I ever did like fully fourteen books, but it, I definitely read for the most part of my stay there and I just loved it. And I love reading every time I do it. Every time I kind of get back into it because I go through phases with that as with many things and I think when it comes to reading other people have that as well. It's very easy to kind of fall out of it and when you stop doing it regularly it just becomes harder and harder to pick up that book or it's really easy to make excuses. Wait, let me have a sip of my iced oat latte is currently like 30 degrees um, outside and I'm recording this with no open windows and a, you know a turned off fan because I don't want any background noise. Okay, um, the latte is great. Um, Now what I was saying, oh yeah, but when I kind of, and when you fall out of like reading habits then it's kind of a bit more tricky to get back into it but you kind of have you f- to force your way through it and be like I know that it will pay off in the end and maybe like the first three times you pick up a book you feel like you don't feel like doing it at all. You feel like just, you know, watching TikToks or I don't know, going out with your friends. But sometimes you just got to choose it um, and force it and read like 10-20 pages. And if you find an interesting book, I feel like it's much easier to um, tackle that. Maybe um, taking on a 500 um, non-fiction book about data science is not you know everyone's cup of tea as their first choice and it may be much more harder to get into kind of this sort of um it's harder to get into read back into reading um with those sort of books maybe it's easier to grab some like fiction something that will be more um how do you say it it will just grab your attention more and will make you actually want to pick up the book not just force yourself um to do that um and then i think it just becomes a habit like everything else and um if there's anything i've learned in my life is that like humans are so adaptable and we can um take on any habit we actually want if we are just persistent enough to kind of stick with it for the first like two three weeks to a month um because at the end at the beginning it's not really automatic right you have to kind of make that conscious decision to do that but then it's just like something you like lo- you do on like autopilot and i love the summer because in the summer like my routine of reading is just like i wake up um i either drink coffee and work out and then read or it's the other way around so i wake up drink coffee and while i'm drinking coffee i read um in my backyard and it's just like the perfect moment like these are the moments in my day that i love the most and i look forward them the most um I, I read in the afternoon or in the evening as well but like this p- moment of like peace and quiet in the morning with my book with my coffee like two of my favorite things and the sun is shining and it's not like steaming hot yet i just like i, I just describe my perfect m- morning basically so yeah i was making the point that i'm reading much more right now i'm reading um the handsman wait is it called handyman's tale oh my god it's this sh- is a show um, on HBO I'm sure you've heard of it The Handyman's Tale maybe um, I'm not really sure how to pronounce that I have not watched the show I think I maybe watched like two episodes like three years ago but I didn't like it that much um, but then I bought a book the book and i currently reading it um, I'm like about to finish it well I have like 100 pages left but that's not that much And I really want to, the next book I want to read is going to be Atomic Habits, I think, because I've heard so much good stuff about this book. Um, And I, as I mentioned something about habits already, I really want to kind of I kind of know that habits have are like a very powerful thing and they basically like w- the choices you make on a daily basis on like whether you want to eat a healthy meal, whether you want to read instead of going under your phone, whether you want to go out with your friends or whether you're just being lazy and want to like stay at home and watch TV all day. These are the little choices you make and they uh, they eventually like... And eventually they will kind of constitute your life in the big picture. So yeah, and so many people like I've heard... I think, like, 10 different recommendations about this book, not necessarily from people in my life, um, more, like, more so from, with people, like, from internet and different, like, videos, not necessarily, like, also, like, book channels, just people, mm, just people right and left have been recommending this book, so I'm very, very curious if it's, like, actually that, like, powerful, let's say, and if it will have, like, a genuine impact on my life, um, just as the book i'm i'm gonna be talking about today so i was recently thinking about the fact that whenever i'm at home and i have obviously like much more whenever i come home from london i'm i'm not i'm i'm most likely not having university right now or like i have like a christmas break a summer break whatever whenever i come back home i just feel so like my not only, like, my life is different, but I feel like my routines and my reality is very much different. Um, So, for example, in London, I tend to go to sleep later, Um, I tend to wake up later, I go out a lot, I basically barely spend time, like, alone alone in my room, I feel like that's probably gonna change next year, but this year it's just been being out all the time, I have FOMO quite a lot, Um, it's very exciting and, and, you know, fun and fast-paced, but it's the opposite at home, I wake up, I go to sleep recently, I've been going to sleep at like, okay, like 11-ish, I say, ten, eleven, and that's like a rare thing for me, um, I wake up around from 7 to, to like eight thirty, nine 9 at latest, um, I have like a whole five-hour morning routine, I work out pretty much like, I don't know, f- three, four times, five times a week, and it's genuinely something I enjoy doing, um, I eat better, I feel like, and it's just overall easier, much easier for me to, like, have a healthy lifestyle here because I have so much more, obviously, because I have so much more time here. It's not just that I'm being, like, home, but in London, it's just, like, I I don't really feel like working on that part of my life that much. And that's, like, something I'm very grateful for and I appreciate that, like, at home, I get so much more creativity and just, I get so much more excited about... Um, not necessarily life because I'm very excited about life in London too but I'm just very excited about like self-growth I just make so many plans and I'm like I'm just excited to grow and develop and I plan ahead and make to-do lists for the summer and goals and um, it's just something that I much it, it comes much easier to me when I'm here than rather than when I'm in London So, um, quite a major um update for me. Um, I'm something again. Like, I'm very excited to talk about. And I already posted this on my Instagram. So, if you follow me on my main Instagram, you could have seen that. Um, so I got my first tattoo finally. Like, oh my god! Like, you don't understand. Like, I've been wanting to have a tattoo first. Like, I don't know, two three years. Um, and I actually, I don't think I've ever told this story, but. I think around 2 years ago, almost 2 years ago, I was like I had an appointment set up for my tattoo. I wanted to get um like my zodiac sign constellation tattooed on my forearm, like left forearm. I paid for like the fee, like I don't know how you say it, like the booking fee or something like, you know, money you pay that like it's subtracted from the final amount you have to pay for the tattoo, but if you cancel on the visit, you don't get that money. I don't really know what it's called in English. Um, it's called zaliczka in Polish, Um, so I paid that, it was like 20 pounds basically and um, I was like ready to get that tattoo, I was, I've decided, it was not, maybe not a big tattoo but it was quite, it wasn't, it wasn't like a small tiny minimalistic tattoo Um, and I've shown the design to my parents and my mom was like, like opposing me getting it, not necessarily me opposing getting a tattoo, she she knew it was like my choice but she specifically didn't like that one and on the morning because i was supposed to like skip school and get it because it was like the only available date i was supposed to get it like i don't know say 12 um, p.m she um in the morning before i left um home for to get before in the morning before I left the house to get the tattoo she was like talking me so much out of it she was saying like the tattoo doesn't look good and it kind of looks like a spider with like legs and you're not gonna like it and you're gonna regret it and I was like no mom it's my decision blah 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 but and and I went there and I just got so freaked out about getting the tattoo and like obviously her saying all of that made me it's not that it made me like agree with her and I didn't realize suddenly that I didn't want it. I still wanted it but it was just like too stressful for me at the time to get it with Her like having all this negativity about the tattoo. I feel like I Maybe would have liked it less just because she said so many negative things about it And I don't necessarily blame her for that. I mean, it was like out of, you know, her My She wanted like she had my good interest at heart but um, yeah, I didn't get it eventually and never kind of got my way like I never got ahead I never got around to like redoing it and I'm I'm still kind of like I don't know how I would feel about it I feel like I still would I wouldn't regret it right now like if I still had it um but who knows maybe in some years uh, I would I don't really care right now um but I lost I lost the money I lost the lichka and um yeah it wasn't like some crazy amount but still kind of made me put up kind of made me put away making like having a tattoo until like till i'm like well decided about that and finally when i was in london um it kind of happened kind of randomly i think i was talking to one of my friends because the thing is when i came to london for first term as i said so many times like my life changed like 180 degrees and it was just so crazy for me and i felt like i very much often felt like my life was like a sign function that's what i used to joke around like it's just like constant ups and downs and I know like that's probably everyone's lives but there it seemed like in a week I could have like three ups and three downs and like I went through such different phases and moods and mood swings and um it was just batshit crazy <laughs> literally and um it kind of started around there like it started as a joke because I was like using that phrase so much that like my life is a sign function and then I kind of like thought about it much more and someone like joked that like i should get it tattooed um or like i made that joke and someone like caught up with it and say like oh actually that, that's not a bad idea and that's when it kind of like started and i was like hmm, i'll i'll give it like a thought i'll like have it in the back of my head and ever since like i just didn't um feel like changing about like I my mind didn't change about it and then it kind of gained, gained even more meaning. And what's so funny is this tattoo relay, even like will semi-relate to this episode. Um, which I will get to. Trust me, I will get to it. But like bear with me. Um, and yeah, I got the tattoo of like a week ago. And it literally lasted maybe a three minutes, two minutes max. Um, I recorded it. So it's going to be up on my channel. It, it wasn't like a huge deal. But still, it was my first tattoo. It didn't hurt um you know obviously it was like a bit not even a pleasant I literally did not care um I was just too excited to get it um <laughs> and the lady that tattooed me she said like that was literally the shortest tattoo she has ever done so it's not it's not tiny tiny but it's small very small and minimalistic it's just it's literally like a horizontal line and like a sine function basically or like a curve like that goes up and down and up up down up yeah <laughs> um So yeah, I got that tattoo. Um, I'm taking good care of it, but I feel like it's healing really well. And so far, no regrets. And I love it. And um, I just want to get more. And I know that people say that all the time. Like, tattoos are so addictive. Um, And I'm just, like, thinking of other ones I want to have. I'm not... I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have those, like, huge... Maybe not huge, but I don't like very big tattoos. Um, Some of my friends have them and they look so dope and cool and, like... I wish I had guts to like get those tattoos but it's just like not a part of my personality I much more rather have like minimalistic ones or like simpler ones um I really want to get like a one line drawing of well okay I'm not gonna spoil it um let's just leave it at that but it's nothing in the near near future because a it costs money um but b but b um I thought like six, seven months about getting this one, like since I got the idea and I'm really glad that I did because now I feel much more confident about the decision. And had I not, then maybe I would still like it, but like maybe I would regret it quite quickly afterwards. So I think it's better. It's something that stays with you for your whole life. So there's no need to rush it necessarily. Yeah. Obviously there are people who love to get like walk-in tattoos and they never regret it. And I respect that, but that's just like, That's just not a part of who I am, I would say. So that's that. Um, What else, what else? Oh, yesterday I came back from, it was not, it wasn't even like a trip. It was like a small, um, well, it was a trip. I visited, basically I visited my um, best friend Claudia at her like home house, (laughs) no. At her like parents house because Claudia lives in Warsaw, but her like her parents home Um, But but she grew up like 40 minutes away in like a village So she has her house there and um, I visited her her her, I visited her there and it was actually like the second time I saw her this week. So um, I was really excited because basically I don't think I talk about this much Claudia is like one of my best friends and the thing is we are very very close and we talk a lot um, but mostly online because she lives in Warsaw and even when I like lived in Białystok, like we still kind of, you know, it was diff- much more like more difficult to meet that often. And besides, like we got really close, mostly like in 2020, Um, even though I've known her for like five years. So we got close in 2020 and that's when I kind of like, firstly, there was quarantine. So like I couldn't see her, obviously. And then we saw each other in the summer, but then I left for London. So it was much more like, it's, it was much harder to meet her. But I feel like... This friendship taught me that like if there's a will, there's a way. Cause even though she yeah, like before, I used to see her maybe like once, twice, max three times a year, and now every time I come back home, like I make sure I kind of even have like one day with her. So during my Christmas break, I literally stayed with her for like five days when lockdown in UK happened and I couldn't go back there, and I was really and I was like really sad about it, and I just wanted to kind of like. Go get like away from my home. So I just stayed with her for five days and in Warsaw and it was so fun. We just basically drank off Brand Martini and watched movies and vibed. And then during like spring break, I just like before my flight I came to visit her for one day and then like went straight straight to the airport from her house. And and yeah, now it's summer, so it's much more like it's much easier to for me for us to meet. And it was her 25th birthday last week. And she came like like a day after her birthday. She came and visited me in my home, and we had like two days of summery fun. Um, But it was so hot we basically could not do much Um, because it was just like unbearable to go anywhere. Um, And like two days later, after she left, I visited her, um, and we stayed we stayed over at her house with like some other friends and it was so much fun like firstly because obviously i love claudia and i don't have that much time to spend with her in real life so it's always like something i'm very like grateful for and i don't take it for granted but i also met some new like her friends and we had like a grill we had like a movie night um i did some like mojito drinks um it was just we did just so much um but also we chilled so much. We just read books and play taboo and ah, it was just lovely. Uh, and I felt like it was a perfect de-stressor for me. Um, and now I'm at home for like two days and I will be leaving for Greece literally tomorrow. Like my flight is in two days, but it's at 7 a.m. So I have to be in Warsaw like way before that. So I have to go either the evening before or during the night. I'm not yet sure what I'm going to do. Um, And yeah, I'm going to Greece for like six days and then Dimitra's flying to me, like with me to Warsaw and uh, we're gonna have so much fun, but basically I don't have that much time to spend at home and like these two days, like today and tomorrow, they're just like jam-packed with tasks to do before I leave. Um, And suddenly recording podcasts has become a priority for me and basically I just really wanted to film this episode because it's something that like I just literally am like itching to talk about the um, the book I'm gonna be telling you about and I know I'm making this intro or just this segment of the podcast so long but um it's what it is, if I feel like talking about my life a bit more, then I will talk about my life a bit more. I didn't really have the opportunity to do that on the vlog because on my YouTube channel because I just have not been I just recorded one or two videos at home. um I mostly have been like editing old ones. I just have so much footage. I feel like I have three videos to edit. yeah, I do. I basically have three videos to edit, which is fun because I have you know I don't have to stress about filming on the spot, but still it's a lot. But yeah, now let's kind of smoothly um, make our way to, or make my way to the topic of the the main body and topic of today's podcast episode, which is a book that I've read about. Um, I think I started it two weeks ago, and maybe it took me like a week to read it. It's called A New Earth um, and it's written by Eckhart Tolle. It has been recommended to me mostly by my mom and I think I've heard about it online and on some like YouTube videos, but it wasn't like on the top of my list. And I don't know why, but it, there was just like something in within me that said like, read this book right now. Like it's a good time to read this book. And the only thing I knew it about it, it was like something about spirituality and, you know, the kind of live in the present, manifestation thingy that a lot of people nowadays seem to believe. Um, and I'm really actually glad about it because I feel like so many, at least of people my age, like they don't really have a religion that they stick to. Um, some, a lot of them have been like brought up Catholic and they don't really... Um, they don't really agree with the rules, or they just, like, because they were so forced to that religion, they kind of start to resent it, and they don't practice it on their own, or they're just, like, not religious at all, and I'm really happy, and I'm also, like, happy for myself that I kind of, because I was that's like a whole nother topic but I was like a never a religious person I mean fortunately my, my parents never forced a religion on me but somehow and I think my my mom had a lot to do with it because she kind of um she believes she, she believes in a lot of this stuff and she told me a lot about this when I was younger Um, I you know I kind of do believe in that not even kind of like I do believe in a lot of those stuff that has to do with like the universe spirituality manifesting maybe not all of it and 100% and I'm not practicing something like regularly associated with that, but it's just mostly like my beliefs, not necessarily a religion I'm following, um, which I think it's at least for me is much more healthier and something that works better. Um, but yeah, comment going back to the book, I just knew that it's something about that. So um, I was not a skeptic because I'm not a skeptic. I, as I said, I believe in those kind of stuff, um, and I'm really open-minded when it comes to it. Um, I just don't really know much about it, and when I start reading it, like pretty much maybe 50 pages and i knew it was gonna be something i knew it was gonna be a big book in my life and now that i've read it i can confidently say it has been like one of the more one of the most life-changing books i've ever read and one that had a lot of influence on me even like week after i read it i'm still thinking about it every day and i like kind of practice the things that were like said in this book or mentioned there but Um, yeah I'm gonna stop being ambiguous now and kind of like get to the point okay I'm gonna what I'm gonna read to you is not like it's not anyone's summary of the book or like a description of what the book contains it's my it's kind of what I wrote about it like my impressions of the book because I started taking basically because of this book I decided I'm gonna take like book notes after every nonfiction I read and there is this like section of the notes which says like your basically just your impression just say whatever you think about this book and I wrote this passage that I'm going to read to you. Maybe um, it will be a good intro um, to what I'm going to talk about. So yeah, I'm going to just read it. It's very random, and it's just like all of my thoughts at once. A truly life-changing book, one of the most influential in my life, and the best spiritual books a book I've ever read, explains really well how living in the present moment, truly living in the present moment, is the absolute key to happiness. The present should not be a mere means to an end, because the because that way the future you want will never actually come it also made me realize that the whole concept of earning anything be that wealth love leisure good mental health is simply irrational why would the divine power the universe at being much more intelligent than we are put us through that all of these things are societal construct you can oblige by them or learn to break out of it as much as you can if you trust your gut, if you truly live in the present, things will align in your life, they will align un- and they will unwind in the most unexpected ways. The ego wants to want it is never satisfied, and it is crucial to get reminded of its existence. So much of life is centered around form, which is nothing significant compared to the space I know it like i 'm going to explain it in a second. Um, You can realize the power of space by sitting in the quiet, by connecting to to nature, by bringing attention to your breath and your present surroundings. Um, So that's basically what I wrote. Um, As I said, it's very chaotic for someone who like doesn't really, haven't read this book probably, Um, but you can see how many like realizations I had because of this book and how much it has opened my eyes to stuff that may be kind of like obvious or it may already like so far it or that have been considered like as cliches, sort of, such as like, oh, living in the present. But I will talk, like, I will elaborate on why it has changed my opinion so much. I feel like, every day I have new thoughts about this book and something like I take out, I take stuff out of it like every single day, as I said. And like, my friends will know that I'm already like forcing it down their throats. And I'm usually not the one to do that. Like, i will kind of like mention if someone asks like about book racks, like i will just say stuff that i like like to read or books that i've enjoyed but this one like i'm telling it like tell i'm talking to all of my friends about it even friends who are like not at all interested in the subject <laughs> i'm just it's just like my book that i will like it's just a book that i feel like will become my character personality trait soon enough um if i do it long enough um and i'm not ashamed of it i feel like everyone should read it um as much like um, as much as people say that about a lot of the books um i do feel like that's this is a book like so many people should read and it's not a long one honestly it's like 300 pages at max i feel like it's even less so really anyone can do it you don't have to be a bookworm you don't even have to love reading that much but i have like a 100% certainty that it will change your life or it will change your life in the same way that it will it have like it has changed mine but If you're open-minded um you will definitely take something away from it so now after i've kind of um, been going around the subject for quite some time and i've talked about the book but not necessarily about what it is about um i'm just gonna try to convey to you how much this quite thin book contains like how many topics that it touch upon because it's it's not just a spiritual book it's not just a book about living in the present um generally okay so There was like, I found this website that kind of summarized so so many quotes or like, there was just like a list of quotes that I kind of drawn from when I was making those notes for this podcast. So more or less, this book talks about religion and spirituality, physical body, ego, identification with form, roles, stress, happiness and unhappiness, suffering, surrender, the present moment, awareness, spaciousness, interconnection, interconnection, God, love, enlightenment, non-attachment, peace, abundance. Everything like all of that, as I said, more or less, obviously. Um, for example, I think like the main themes for me, at least the ones that I kind of got the most from, were ego. Um, were ego, and it is a big, like, overriding theme of the book. Um, it's also suffering and the present moment, and kind of the voice in our head, and how like our it influences our surroundings. Um, as I said, there's like so much this book touches upon and I feel like it's not something that you just can read like once and have everything figured out Um I definitely highlighted like tens of quotes and I want to kind of go back to it from time to time to you know just like get reminded yourself because there's like so much knowledge in that like little book I would say and it's just it's not it's, it's a lot to take at once I feel like so the way I'm going to talk about it in this podcast to have it to for it to be a bit more organized than it has been so far um, as I said there have been some major themes for me that I found in this book and I decided to kind of talk about each one of these in like a separate segment and I will read a lot of quotes to you. Um, these are not spoilers obviously it's a non-fiction book these are just quotes that kind of Maybe they say things better than I can because obviously I'm just kind of like dipping my toes in the topic and I just read this book and I cannot really explain those um, themes and ideas as well to you as the author of this book, um, Eckhart Tolle, has. Um, So yeah, I'm going to talk about my opinions and my reflections but... I will use a lot of quotes. So firstly I want to talk about the concept of ego and identity plus like how it relates to the societal roles we play. The definition of ego that is given in this book is much different from what we consider our ego to be in real life. Like usually when you think about ego it's like you know this part of us that like loves attention and is just like hungry for compliments and is very like not even confident but like just selfish, purely selfish and cocky and if someone is like egoistic then it means their you know their ego is huge and they're very like full of themselves etc etc but this is like not really anything that like totally describes ego as according to him and again this is a quote ego is no more than this identification with form which primarily means thought forms what tolek considers our ego is the identity we decide to take on and we subconsciously often take on in life when we interact with others So the main thing in Tole so the main idea that Tolle tries to convey is that You are not your ego. I'm not just my identity So say for example for me my identity would be being Veronica living coming from Poland but living in London studying econ having these friends being 19 you know all of those things that you would describe your life to or you would describe yourself as to other people if they ask like who are you like tell me about yourself but this is just like a part of you and it's kind of it's separate from your consciousness so as humans each of us has their consciousness so you can call it soul you can call it consciousness awareness mind whatever and the rest is just like form you take on thought form actually So, you know, things that you describe yourself as, your hobbies and your passions and things you identify with because each of us definitely identifies with either materialistic things or concepts or people and we build up our kind of life and existence around those material stuff mostly because even if it's like people or hobbies, it's still related to the physical world and the consciousness or the soul is completely different from it. It's just... You can think of it as like the life power that gives your body like the life you know people I think it's easiest to think of it as soul but Tolle describes it as ego um sorry Tolle describes it as consciousness so I will talk about this I will mention like when it comes to soul I will use the word. I will use the word um consciousness and as I mentioned he makes a clear distinction between like the form and the essence so form, um, as the name suggests, is like all things kind of material and mundane and things we consider like real. Um, So, you know, a desk, a phone, your mother, um, your university, even your hobby, like doing YouTube. It's something that like is feasible. It's kind of understandable. We perceive it and we are able to talk to other people about it and they will know what we're talking about because it's something we all can perceive kind of. Um, and your thoughts are also form and your thoughts are often also form because they kind of are so attached to form. So we think about like our past people who have heard us or the book we've read, you know, it's all kind of form and the essence is kind of the opposite. So it's the, so for example, when you look at the sky and you realize that the universe is kind of like, it doesn't have boundaries, that's the eth- essence when you are in nature and you don't really think about much and you kind of just you just feel something like opening up or you just feel something changing or you just feel this presence this being in one like with nature this is essence when you are sitting in quiet and you just kind of start to hear the quiet in a way that's the essence it's it's so difficult to like describe it and again, like, I feel like for those of you who are a bit more on the skeptic side, I feel like you are probably, a lot of you are open-minded. Because um, I think like like attracts like, so I, who I consider myself an open-minded person, I feel like you also quite like, I don't think someone who is like right-winged and religious and, you know, doesn't like, is so up, like against those kind of stuff would kind of like listen to my podcast um, or watch my YouTube videos. But in general, I feel like, you know, it can sound weird when i'm talking about it but i just really feel like i need to get it out there and this is what this podcast is for and again i need to stop apologizing for it another quote that kind of you know explains like elaborates on this topic form versus the essence in form you are and always will be inferior to some superior to others in essence you are neither inferior nor superior to anyone so this is kind of like Form will kind of, you know, it's easy to compare yourself to. Oh, he has more stuff. I have less stuff. He has the love of his life there and I do not yet. Like, I've never been in a relationship. You know, those kind of like, it's very easy to compare ourselves when it comes to forms. Um, But when it comes to essence, we are just souls. We are just born to this world without any belongings or identity. And this is where, like, on this level, we are all very equal and we are basically the same and one with each other but you know it's very something like as we get older and we just take on more and more pieces of our identity and we become more kind of ourselves but it's also very easy to think of our identity as ourselves and again like this is not truly who we are obviously we all need identity it like it's a huge part of our life it like helps us you know it it's much more easy to interact with other people it's kind of like you know it's a natural part of life to have an ego and to have identity and i'm not saying that ego is bad it's just something we are and we have but the thing is but the bad thing about ego is like it's very easy to get attached to it and kind of mm, think of yourself as purely your ego and this is where things become like they kind of can go downwards and a lot of issues in people's life and causes of their suffering are very much linked to that too, too much attachment to ego identity, societal roles or the past or the future and I'm going to talk about it later as well but um, yeah I just want to make that point clear. Now something that really 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 resonated with me when it comes to this book, um um, um Tully kind of started to tackle um, the link between um, ego and material possessions and again like if you have been watching or listening to me for even a short while you probably know that like I try to be more on the minimalistic side and I do kind of get like really tired of having a lot of stuff and it's not something like I definitely know that I'm not a hoarder or like I just like it doesn't bring me joy to have a lot of stuff um I don't think I'm a minimalist but like but I don't think I'm like the stereotypical minimalist um I definitely have a lot of stuff but um I try to be much more conscious about it but the author explains as like the root of a lot of like consumerism and materialistic culture is because i think like a lot of us like blame it on humans and like we just want more stuff and we think that stuff are gonna like replace our happiness but they don't but the thing is it's not just that we want to have stuff it's mostly that we want to constantly want stuff so our ego sort of constantly wants to be in the state of lack in a way so you we we all know this feeling when we say we go on a big shopping spree and you know we buy a lot of cute stuff and for the first one or two or three weeks when we wear those stuff and like out in public and people notice them it's really fun it's you know it's nice you feel better about yourself you may feel more confident but eventually like there is it is always the case that the stuff will become like old like not even old like it will just stop being very like new and, fresh and you know, it will just become another item in your closet and you're not going to be excited about wearing it it anymore. And you will want more stuff. You will think about the next things you're going to buy. There's going to be a new TikTok trend. There's going to be a new dress or a new line of clothing and you're going to want more. And we all have known this feeling. It's kind of something we all think of as obvious, but the, the core root of that may be like a bit more mysterious because it's not even that like we think it's going to replace our happiness or like relationships with people because I feel like a lot of us are we well know that it's not going to bring us happiness but it's still something that we cannot stop ourselves from wanting and including myself definitely like I'm still guilty of that Um, but the thing is kind of stems from us humans looking for our identity in material possessions and that is a very powerful idea to me I don't know if I kind of explained that well what I mean is, the more stuff we buy and the more stuff we crave, um, we just think that it they will kind of make us more us than we already are. So, say you, so f- to give an example, say you kind of like the college core aesthetic, and you feel like at heart it's someone you like you are, um, but you don't. But our current like media and society kind of makes us think that it's not really about the things that are in your head that matters is about how it looks and I it's like TikTok makes it even more prominent like we just you know if you it, cottagecore has kind of like okay it's a stupid example but sort of cottagecore has I feel like it stopped kind of being about being in nature and reading and picking up vegetables but it's mostly about having flowy dresses and looking cute and doing fairy makeup and I feel like that there can all be like a part of it of course and it's fun but i feel like we so often think think about stuff in such like surface level surface level materialistic clothes um, aesthetic type of way and not necessarily focus on the ideas and the feelings behind this and again this is something like and and again i feel like that's something i'm guilty of doing again like i don't know i can buy books because i feel like i like to think of myself as a reader Or I buy like kind of like cute, minimalistic, elegant clothes because I want... This is the kind of like woman I aspire to be. Like this is the kind of direction I'm drawn towards. And I feel like I often feel inferior because I'm not there yet. Because I don't have the money to buy all of that. Because I don't have like all the fancy furniture I see on like people's stories. And it doesn't... It's not even about like having a lot. But there are some certain people, for example... I don't know if you know them like I don't know if you know her she's like an instagrammer influencer whatever um or orion vanessa or orion carlotto um she's a poet and an um influencer and I love her I absolutely adore her aesthetic she has like this you know beige minimalistic um classy aesthetic um poetry reading all of that and I absolutely love that and it definitely is my vibe but I often feel like oh I don't have that like dress yet or I don't have money to buy those shoes or her mirror is really cute and I don't I will just not have that and I feel like that makes me feel like I, it's not something like not attainable to me being classy that's the thing like our ego just craves stuff um to get attached to and build our identity upon because it can sometimes lack the part of because when we lack the kind of like emotional depth or we lack that spiritual depth or you know we just Think that stuff will replace that and they will make us more like a more whole picture but it's not the case we always will more want more there will always be a pair of earrings we don't yet have or you know it's not always about clothes but just like a car a house even like those big purchases that I'm definitely far from making like again it's something that we like to associate our identity with like when people grow older, they buy a house and they kind of, you know, they like being the person who has, like, this nice nice house that they've worked for and they tell their friends about it. And it's something that we get attached to so much. And attachment to things is, like, I do, like, one of the quotes I, like, believe in is, like, attachment is the root of all suffering. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that, like, you shouldn't get attached to anything because it's natural and you will get attached to people and you will get attached to stuff whether they have like nostalgic value or they have like materialistic value but it's i think like it's the level of attachment and it's the consciousness of that attachment like do you actually realize that you like rely so much um on those items and that you like kind of bind yourself so much to the possessions you own um and i think that's kind of where it can go really wrong and it can have a negative impact on your life because if you don't realize it, then you, just, for example, you just keep buying more and more. It doesn't really give any depth to your life. And a quote from the book that talks about that is, the ego tends to equate having with being. I have, therefore I am. And the more I have, the more I am. The ego lives through comparison. How you are seen by others turn into how you see yourself. And I th- that's not something I mentioned yet, but again, that's something It's that's definitely... Um, that is definitely true, like, how others perceive me. Um, Well, maybe it's not who I am, but it's something I definitely associate myself with in a way and something I describe myself as. Like, people's perception of yourself is such a powerful tool. Not even a tool because not something you really can change or have control over, but it's something that definitely has a huge impact on how you perceive yourself. Even if it's like, it doesn't have to be just people like bullying you and hating on you or like, um have saying negative stuff about you um or hating on you is can be like positive stuff and if people like compliment how your body looks all the time and say you're like so fit or skinny whatever then you kind of start to associate yourself with being fit and skinny and if you gain weight or you lose weight like you like you kind of feel like you can lose a part of your identity because of that because like how will people think of me i think this is my problem a lot of the times like um i feel like a lot of people Say stuff about my body that can be positive in their heads, but like i I am very like kind of sensitive around that topic and um whenever I would like gain a little bit of more weight or like I even just it doesn't have to be like real, I can just like kind of think that I did then an instant thought in my head is like what will people think of me like will they change the way they see me because that's something they constantly notice about me um and that's that can be very detrimental to your mental health, okay. Two last quotes when it comes to that, and we're moving to another segment, I swear. This episode is going to be, I think, the longest one, because I don't think I can do it in two parts. I just need to get it out there at one, because um, um, I just don't want to make another two-part episode. It's just too much. Um, and clearly, I have to kind of make my thoughts more concise, because it's, um, it's, it's going to be unfeasible to even listen to that, if it's going to be a full two-hour episode. Um, but okay, I'm not going to talk more. Um, so the two quotes I want to read when it comes to that kind of topic um, when I identify with something I make it the same the same as what? the same as I I endow it with a sense of self and so it becomes a part of my quote-unquote identity one of the most basic levels of identifications is with things my toy later becomes my car, my house, my clothes and so on I try to find myself in things, but never quite make it, and end up losing myself in them. That is the fate of the ego. Another one. If there is a such thing as my life, it follows that I and life are two separate things. And so I can also lose my life, my imaginary treasured possession. This is another thing that, like, I will not go um, long about, but it totally underlines very firmly that, like, your life does not exist because you are your life. Because if you you say my laptop, so some if someone takes away your laptop, it's not your laptop anymore, or like you lose your laptop. So the saying my life kind of implies that you are you, and you also have your life. It's separate from you, which is like fake because you basically are your life. Um, so yeah, but I'm not not gonna like elaborate on that. The second major theme theme in his um, book and and New Earth is. Um, it kind of touches upon moods, emotions, emotional baggage and how people tend to create their own unhappiness. Again one of the key kind of ideas in the book and something at least that I picked up from it is that everything that happens in our lives, every single event, moment, occurrence is neutral in itself. It has neither positive or negative energy or connotation but our thoughts are what make it so. Like something happens and in itself again it it is purely neutral but we think about it we perceive it we compare it to what happened before we kind of think about it in our own way based or on our own history and we judge it and it's often done like subconsciously like obviously if your car crashes or you get it like in a fight with your friend we you don't have to think like oh was it a negative or a positive thing and then decided it was negative we it, you obviously start to feel like emotions associated with it and again that's not something that's like inherently wrong or something that like you can stop totally doing because i feel like you know it's just a part of being human and it's our human nature to judge things but this is something very powerful to realize that often oftentimes we something happens and we think this is like a disaster or this is the end of the world, or this is just such a like bad thing that has happened, but because we humans have very limited perception and that is a fact like we don't know what's gonna happen in the future, we don't know where stuff will take us we cannot we can never be certain how certain things will turn out and how like one small event that may seem for example negative will have like a positive like long term effect so say you lose your job and obviously you're devastated you are sad depressed and anxious about it but it may just be the case that you will find your new passion or it may be the case that the job was bringing you so much unhappiness that you have not realized and that now even if say you find a job that is less well paid you will start living a more more full life more um conscious life or you know it's a big example but say you um but say you get in a fight with your with your with your friend and you are upset about it. But then when you evaluate that thing, um, you realize that this friend was toxic for you all along, and this fight was what made you think feel like she was like a burden for you actually, and she was like beating you down. And you decide to let go of that friendship. Or like on the contrary, you can get in a fight with her, and then the process of you getting like back, like you apologizing or you talking it through, makes you closer to each other. So. You know every negative thing can have like a positive end result and the other way around every positive thing can end up like like harming you in the long run or like causing kind of causing like a chain of events that is going to be negative for you and again you never know if it's going to be negative because there's another long run you know like life will unwind itself in ways that we do not really realize or we do not know anything about so we cannot stop ourselves from feeling um stuff about certain events and that's like again like that's natural but if you get so fixated about judging events and judging things in your life and kind of attaching emotions and baggage to and your like limited perception to events then they will start to weigh heavy on your shoulders and And they will become the cause of your unhappiness and you will start to rely so much on what is happening in your life that kind of like the stuff that happened in your life will determine your mental health and not the other way around or like will determine your State of being or your happiness and it should be completely the other way around Um, a quote from the book again The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. Be aware of the thoughts you are thinking Separate them from the situation, which is always neutral, which always is added as it is. There is a situation or the fact, and here are my thoughts about it. So again, you cannot stop yourself from thinking about stuff, but you can realize that they're your thoughts about it. And it's not a bad thing that happened, but you perceive it as bad in a way. And I think like a lot of you will agree with me, there's so much negativity in the world. And not just like in terms of huge events, such as, you know... Trump being president or like was the president or, you know, climate change, um, the political polarizations, the terrorist terrorism, everything that like is so horrible and cruel about life in so many ways and people who suffer and there's so much suffering in the world, but even if you look around yourself and I think I can confidently say that like if you are listening to this podcast you are more or less in a privileged position Um, than like most of the a lot of the people on earth and i think like that's not cocky of me to say that's something you should kind of realize and i that's something definitely i that's something i definitely realize every single day that i am in a privileged position in a lot of ways and even like if you look around your you and your friends and even at yourself so many of people in our like surroundings or ourselves are quite negative and Like even if they're not negative people per se, they have a lot of like negativity and unhappiness about them. And we tend to be so judgmental and we compare everything and we compare ourselves and other people. And we we hate our bodies, We, we beat ourselves down, we fight with other people about stuff that don't matter, we complain there's so much negativity, like, there's so much negativity around us, and we think, we often think that we are, like, victims to some situations, when that's not, we make ourselves victims of situations, um, oftentimes, we like to make ourselves the main character, but in a negative way as well, like, we like to make ourselves the victims, and they feel like the life, like, our life is against us, or some, like, people are against us, but it's, it's bullshit, it's not true, and we have to realize that more, much more, and the book made me realize that we, are in control of our happiness we we truly are and i don't want to be kind of like obnoxious and say that people who are suffering so much in their lives like people who are victims of abuse people who are um living in poverty or hunger that they like have a choice to be happy but there is definitely something inherently true to what Tully says and um i definitely am talking from a privileged standpoint again but I do think that we, especially people who probably are the recipients of this podcast, that you, all of you can kind of work on making your daily reality more pleasant to live in and making your like, mind a more um, welcoming, um, positive space rather than like, a nest for negativity. Yet another very powerful quote um, from A New Earth. People believe in themselves to be dependent on what happens for their happiness that is to say dependent on form they don't realize that what happens is the most unstable thing in the universe it changes constantly they look upon the present moment as either marred by something that has happened and shouldn't have or as deficient because of something that has not happened but they should but should have um and so they miss the deeper perfection that is inherent in life itself, a perfection that is already that is always already there, that lies beyond what is happening or not happening beyond form people will br- br- people wrongly assume that happiness is something that can be achieved when it like we can never seek after happiness because it must be felt in the present, and the act of seeking happiness already kind of beats the purpose and kind of takes away the happiness because. I feel like so many people including me like are guilty of postponing our happiness. We think that we will be happier in the future or we will be more satisfied or confident or um loving or you know caring in the future but postponing those stuff never works and there will always be a future that you can postpone stuff to and if you always like kind of and if you are not able to find peace to find quiet to find joy and satisfaction and the, within the present moment then you probably will not be able to do that in the future if you not change anything about yourself if you not not even yourself if you not change anything about your perception it's not about yourself it's not about how much you work out it's not about what you eat it's not even about like how you treat other people the thing what i, I mean obviously these are all very important stuff but what i'm trying to convey is being happy with the present moment it's it's not it has nothing to do about how you look or what is around you honestly you can be sitting you know at the desert and there can be nothing around you and you can be happy in the moment you can be sitting at the bus stop and your bus can be an hour late and you can be cold and you can still be happy maybe you're not very comfortable but you can be happy if you know what i mean you can be happy in a boring classroom during a history lesson you can be happy standing in a line in a queue um and waiting for whatever whatever it is and it all depends on how you perceive the present and what surrounds you. Um, And it's very, very difficult to realize that, um, but it's also very powerful and it kind of, it goes both ways because on one hand, you know, it's a big, it's it's something huge to realize that like, you don't have to postpone your happiness and actually you can be happy right now. It's very eye-opening, but on the other hand, it does take some effort and work. And a lot of us, I feel like, kind of feel comforted by the fact that like, we accept the fact that we are not happy or we are not satisfied with our lives because we Think that it depends on stuff. So we think like, okay, I'm not satisfied But like when I get this job, like I definitely will be and for me, for example, it's being anxious and stressed all the time um, and beating myself down over like productivity So I often think to myself like okay, so yeah I am like that right now and it kind of like kind of and oftentimes it ruins my like excitement about life or it makes my days worse, but when I get this job, when I get a job, when I get go out of uni or when I make some money and I'm kind of like more self-independent when it comes to finances, like this is when I will be happy, this is when I will count like startly, finally start fully living. But there will always be this thing, there will always be a job you will get in the future, there will always be like something that you want but you don't have and you will attach your like happiness and life satisfaction to it but it, it, it like never works that way honestly and again like that's something all of us know but none none of us kind of can stick to it and none of us like almost none of us kind of practice it on a daily basis and it's so easy to lose sight of that and to focus on the big picture well the big picture the big picture honestly constitute of every present moment and every breath you take and every second that you live through and if you live through every second thinking about the future then Your life will never be lived in the present moment as it should be. And the last thing I want to mention when it comes to that kind of topic is suffering. Um, As I said, like a lot of us cause suffering to ourselves. But I will never argue with the fact that there are some stuff that we will go through. Like each of us will go through their portion of suffering in life. And it is inherently inevitable. It can be anything. It can be like having some mental health issues. Having like bad relationships, having abuse, suffering from abuse in your life or I don't know, someone close to you uh, passing away or losing a job, whatever you know, all of us have definitely suffered already in life and it is something that like we will go through again and again like we will suffer and we will suffer but the thing is, it again, like you can change your perception of that you can either feel that you don't deserve the suffering or that suffering is bad and you just want to get out of it as soon as possible But honestly, the only way to like kind of pass through suffering, the the only way out is through, honestly, and not only through and not only living through the suffering consciously, but also kind of knowing and accepting, but kind of accepting that and knowing that it will only make you stronger and it can only be another life lesson. And I feel like I definitely, one of my like biggest life philosophies is like the most I definitely believe that like most life knowledge I've gained or like my wisdom like not necessarily my intelligence or like my smart like my book knowledge but like my life knowledge it comes from times of like it comes from hardship it comes from pain it comes from suffering it comes from loss all of those things are what made me kind of reflect upon my choices stuff that make me suffer like people who make me unhappy in life people who beat me down again like all of that it all comes from it all stems from suffering and having that moment of like depth and obviously being fun like having fun and being happy and being excited about life is it's such a huge part of life and it's something we all strive towards and it's not a negative thing but you know you can definitely agree with me I think you will not like disagree with me when I say if you could choose to either have life with all its ups and downs or you could only or the other option would be like being happy all the fucking time then you would not choose that option like the lows are what makes the ups kind of worthwhile and we appreciate them much more and again it relates to my tattoo like this is what i've been this is all the kind of like message that i have put into my tattoo and I think if you if you listen to this episode, you will finally get my tattoo because I don't think people get it. Like, I, I don't want to come off as arrogant, but like, I feel like people like I don't like being asked about like what this tattoo means, because again, A, a it's personal. B, it would require me like so much like explaining to do to fully like get pe- for people to get a grip of that. So like and third of all, like, why do people even ask about like the meaning of a tattoo? You can like I feel like if it's you're like you're really close friends that you they either will know it. Or it doesn't require much explaining but like if random people like either from Instagram or just like people I'm not really like my acquaintances in life if they like ask about my tattoo meaning like bro like it can mean so much for me and like I don't really feel like I have to explain that a simple sentence that I found in the book is suffering has a noble purpose the evolution of consciousness and the burning up of the ego so as I said if we suffer we inherently will become more deep and we will learn more we will learn more about life but the trick is it will only happen if we are conscious about it and we are reflective about it if we just suffer for the sake of it and we suffer and suffer and suffer and never reflect on, on like the causes or never reflect on what like constitutes our suffering we will probably you will probably like carry on suffering and it will be just kind of surface level in a way Okay, I really have to go a bit quicker because I'm already on an hour and 13 minutes. I did not expect this for to go for that long. Again, so moving on, we have another major theme of the book, which is acceptance and not reacting so much to what happens in your life. Um, I think what's so crucial about living in the... like What's so crucial about kind of making your life easier for yourself and being more at peace with everything that happens and goes through your life is the act of acceptance what's so crucial is a kind of surrendering to the present moment so coming into it without expectations coming it with like accepting that whatever happens happens and you do not have control over it and not trying to force control because it will only like end up with more suffering so you know even if negative stuff happened in your life then kind of accepting that you may not understand it yet, but there is some like bigger thought to it or it will kind of unwind in the long run um, and things kind of have their purpose. The way Tolle describes it is, yielding means inner acceptance of what is. You are open to life. Resistance is an inner contraction, a hardening of the shell of the ego. You are closed. Whatever action you take in a state of inner resistance, which we could also call negativity, will create more outer resistance and the universe will not be on your side. Life will not be helpful. If you kind of um are unhappy about the fact that you are unhappy, then you only like put another layer of unhappiness on the first like instant like unhappiness you have. So, you know, people who complain about being like unhappy or depressed, whatever, then obviously it's kind of understandable in a way. But on the other hand, they are only making their suffering worse and double the amount and the depth and that's that is like maybe you cannot really control the first layer of suffering um and it's something you know as i said like suffering will come to your life eventually but you can control your reaction about it and you can either accept it or try to resist it which will only more cause like more friction and um, more negativity in your life okay i'm gonna have to skip like a small part of what i wanted to talk about because it's just like It's just unfeasible to talk about everything and I feel like I can talk about this book for like mm, hours but you still need to read it to kind of grasp it in your own way because these are just kind of my reflections on toilet ideas and you will have you will definitely have your own that are different from like mine Um, I just want to kind of get you inspired and thinking about those stuff and hopefully um, get you to buy or borrow this book and just just read it So yeah, last kind of section of um, my discussion of the book as something that like is probably the most important topic of the book um, along with ego, like ego and consciousness and living in the present moment are like the three top important um, topics of this book. Um, So let me um, start my way into this segment with um, a quote, surprise, surprise. The most important relationship in your life is your relationship with the now or rather with whatever form the now takes, that is to say, what is or what happens. One of the most, most, most important things that this book made me realize is that, like, what I I just read, like, our relationship with now is what, our relationship with the present moment is what determines our, like, big picture happiness. Basically, the majority of people in life, they they either think too much about the past or the future (laughs) or both for me like fortunately like I don't really I think about the past quite a lot but like I never kind of ruminate about it I rarely kind of I try to not like as I said like I try not to put any like victim mentality on any suffering whenever I think of like my hard times or people who have like wronged me or hurt me I think of it as like a blessing in disguise, and that like again, like every like every hard thing I've been through, it has taught me something. Um, but when it comes to future, like I literally, I feel like I I live in the future so much, and it's like my, one of the biggest things I have to work on in my life, one of the most challenging things as well, because I am rarely fully in the present because I am already like ten steps ahead of myself. Um, I. Every one of my days is like kind of centers are so many of my days center around to-do lists And it's not even like I, I don't say that's wrong. Obviously, they're very very helpful Um, but When I make that to-do list, I think about what I'm gonna do and when I I am crossing one of the things of my to-do list So say I'm running and I want to like have running on my to-do list or I'm like doing um homework and this is on my to-do list then i'm already thinking about crossing it off and going to like the next thing and i feel like so much of my life is working towards the future that i want to have or that i feel like will make me more happy and more full and more myself but whenever i get to the next stage of my life the next step the future the next like accomplishment there is already like like that there is another one in my head and there is Again, this feeling of I have not done enough yet. It kind of links to what I said in my first first episode about toxic productivity. But I think it stems like toxic productivity for me stems so much from like postponing my happiness again and thinking that like I will I can be happier in the future. And I it's so difficult for me. Like I don't get me wrong. I can enjoy my life a lot. Like I know how to enjoy my life. I know like I draw a lot of like happiness and gratitude from small things and I am definitely I feel like uh, I feel like it's easier for me to do those stuff but again on the other hand like I can just never focus on what is I just think about what will be you know I wanted to get into UCL so much like it has been my life goal for years and I thought like the and I've always been thinking like the moment I get into UCL I'm gonna be happy and obviously I was very much and I am still very grateful that it happened but I am in UCL right now and I'm already stressing about internships. I'm already stressing about um getting a job afterwards. I think like job stress and like internship and like career choice is one of the two biggest like stressors in my life and something that kind of can impact me in so many negative ways. This book got me thinking so much about like why is the future for us so much more exciting than the present? I think I've arrived at the perfect answer and I think and it's very very simple. I think that we are much more excited about the future rather than the present because future is not the present. And what I mean is that when future becomes the present, as I said, then it's not longer the future, so is the present. So it's much less exciting because we as humans cannot live in the present. It's so difficult for us because we we are on autopilot mode and we either live in the past or we live in the future and we rarely kind of sit down or just like We rarely realize that we are here, that we are living in this space, in this moment with these people, and even if we think we are conscious, like we're eating dinner and we think, "Oh, this food is good," like, and we're talking, we're having this food. Do you actually stop for a second in your thought process, in your like, you know, in your running with your thoughts on in your conversation? Do you actually stop for a second and think, "Wow, this moment is really nice." Like, I'm having this delicious food. I am talking to those great important people in my life. I am comfortable, I am warm, I am satisfied. And maybe I gave like a wrong example because obviously, you you know, it's very easy to be, it's quite easy to be happy in those moments. But the thing is, if you only live life from one great moment to another, then you're not going to be really living life because those small quote unquote great moments, big moments constitute just like 1% of your reality. And the other one is, So much of it is just like mundane, it's it's doing the laundry, it's doing the dishes, it's reading, it's walking, it's breathing, it's sleeping, it's talking on the phone, it's everything, it's studying. If you think of those things as like means to an end, if you think that you're washing the dishes to like have them be clean, if you're walking only with the purpose of, if you're walking and you're thinking during the walk you only want to get to your end point, like then you're not really living there. You're not appreciating the sole act of walking. And I'm not saying that it's easy to kind of, you, you don't have to be in love with walking or you don't have to be like, oh, I'm so grateful to be washing those dishes right now. But you kind of should accept that you are doing that and not try to already think of the next step. Like even right now, as you're listening to this podcast, are you really conscious of your breath? Are you really conscious of What, like, surface are you sitting or standing on? Or are you conscious of the sounds around you? Are you sitting in a quiet? Are you sitting? I like we aren't most of the time, we just aren't because we are living, but we're not conscious of our living, and that's that's how life kind of can pass by without us truly like realizing and appreciating it. In order to have a happy future, which is obviously something we all want, we need to have a happy present because the present moment for you right now is the future for your past self so your past self wanted you to be happy right now thought your past self thought you will be happy right now but if you're not then it's always going to be like that you're always going to be like thinking that happiness will happen for you in the future but it's not gonna because it's not happening for the present literally this is kind of as simple as that and an example from my own life and this is kind of an example of how this book has already influenced me and like the positive things it is doing for me. So um, right now I am in my home, but when I was scripting this episode podcast, I was um, on the train um, to Claudia's house, right? So I was sitting on that train, but the train, so I was supposed to go on the train at like 1 p.m. But firstly, uh, when my dad drove me to the station, it was like 30 degrees Celsius, it was so hot. And literally this moment I stepped on the station, they announced that the train was gonna be like 40 minutes late. And you know everyone was kind of like, oh, oh my god, this is such a pain in the ass. But like, and obviously that was my first reaction as well. But then I sat on the steps in the shadow, like I found the shadow, and I just like pulled out my phone and I started listening to a podcast episode and just like looked around me and thought like, wow, it's it's summertime. Like I'm sitting here, I have free time, I can listen to this podcast I love. it's warm, the weather is great and I'm about to like go see my friend why would I be unhappy in this moment? why would I be like suffering or complaining about it um, when it's just like there's nothing wrong with it inherently Mm, and for example like sitting on the station made me have more time to script this episode and then when the train finally came we had to wait like another 30 minutes for them to like clean the train and then when we got on it there were so many people it was just jam-packed and the aircon didn't work, it was just sweaty, stinky, and not very pleasurable, and obviously I wasn't very, like, a, like enthusiastic about the situation, and if I could turn on the aircon, I would, but on the other hand, like, it made me realize, like, I can either, right now, like, have this, like, r- my thoughts be running and ruminating about, oh, this is the worst, like, why is it happening, like, I was supposed to be having, like, this incredible day, and now I'm stuck here, but I was just, like, I kind of, like, have let go of those thoughts i was just like no you're you're just not gonna think that you're not you're you will stop complaining right now i am stop compl- i'm gonna stop complaining right now and i'm just gonna you know i don't know read a book or you know just listen to a podcast and then the day only got like in some some people's perception you can say that the day only got worse because then um the train was like late it was the train was so late and i was supposed to like have like Claudia's friends like to I was supposed to meet with them at a certain hour and have like Claudia's neighbor pick us up and drive us like 40 minutes away and I was stressing about being late and then I stepped out from the train and I knew I was going to be kind of late so I rushed to the bus and then when I was on the bus the weather got really bad and it started like raining and storming and by the time I stepped out of the tube it was just literally pouring so I had to call them um, to like come pick me up from the station and they couldn't really park anywhere so I eventually had to like go out in the rain and I thought I was gonna like get there in two minutes but I was like I couldn't find the car so I was like walking there and for like five minutes I was soaking wet my skirt was like turned over and I'm pretty sure my ass was out and like, and then I got into the car and it was like the tiniest car and I was sitting with four people I have never met before because like it was Claudia's, two of Claudia's friends who I didn't know, and this like, um, Claudia's neighbor who also I didn't know, so I was sitting between them, squeezed in this tiny, tiny car, and, you know, it was a bit awkward, because I didn't really know them, and I was just soaking wet, and they were, you know, it, what a, it, they were standing on like a bus stop for 10 minutes, which was illegal, so they probably weren't as happy about the situation, they weren't happy about the situation either, but then I was just like, I, I was so not even fed up. I was just like, the situation was so funny to me at this point. Like I was just like, this is not, this day is literally so hilarious to me. So I just turned on my podcast episode and smiled to myself. And I was like, this is, I'm actually happy like there's nothing wrong like it's just a funny story to tell now and it's over and I'm it's just rain like for fuck's sakes like I'm gonna get and like to see my best friend in like an hour and I'm gonna eat some delicious food I'm hungry but you know it's gonna be even more enjoyable when I'm hungry and you know it's the way I look at this day I could have been so like I could have been so complaining so much about it i could have been like angry and upset and have my mood ruined for the rest of the day but i was just i was just content when i realized that it made me so happy and it made me you know it just opened my eyes again i'm like repeating the same sentences over and over but this is what i truly felt at that moment and i feel like it is only like a starting point for me and now i try to be so much more conscious as i said of like my surroundings my breath my thoughts um and live more much more in the present which is a very very difficult thing but it's something i kind of want to fully like work on i want to get back to meditating i want to appreciate every moment for what it is and not just perceive it as again like a means to an end okay um last kind of kind of last few quotes i want to read to you because i just don't want to skip them so now when it comes to like linked to what i say like when it comes to past and future when you really think about it they're just not even societal constructs they're just like mental constructs because past does not exist it's just like your memories of what happened in the present that was and future does not exist yet it's not feasible and when it will become present that it will exist because it will be the present but for now it literally does not exist like tomorrow It has not happened so therefore it does not exist and the present is the only thing that we only like truly have right now and that we not even have control over but that we can actually participate in actively and the future and the past are just again concepts so the quote that explains it according to um, Tolle is time that is to say past and future is what the false mind mind mind-made self the ego lives on and time is in your mind It not something that has an objective existence out there it is a mind structure needed for sensory perception indispensable for practical practical purposes but the greatest hindrance sorry to knowing yourself time is the horizontal dimension of life the surface layer of reality then there is the vertical dimension of depth accessible to you only through the portal of the present moment okay the last one the last quote that i would like to finish this all on and it links to attachment it links to my tattoo and it links to kind of not uh, not necessarily attaching yourself and your happiness to what is like currently like you're going through in life so if you're like in a low point at your life like the importance of not attaching yourself to that when you are detached you gain a higher vantage point from which to view the events in your life instead of being trapped inside them You become like an astronaut who sees the planet earth surrounded by the vastness of space and realizes a paradoxical truth the earth is precious and at the same time insignificant the recognition that this too will pass brings detachment and with detachment another dimension comes into your life inner space okay and this is where i will end this podcast on because i could go on and on and on and on because there is so much and every kind of thought provokes another one and if and the thing i'm gonna say for the last is if you did not understand some of the like things i said or you thought they were kind of surface level and you don't agree with that or you just you know you got angry by what i said because you think it's ignorant then please read the book first um if you kind of want to argue with me on that one and i'm not saying i'm like correct on everything i'm not saying this is the universal tr- i mean for me it is a universal truth but it doesn't have to be for you obviously i'm just saying read this goddamn book and this is the last thing i would want to say in this podcast um i really 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 enjoyed this i think this is like the my favorite episode that i recorded um so far it was so personal to me but also not really because it wasn't really about my life it was about the life itself and I really hope you gain something from it. Um, I truly do. And again, read this book. Get it? It's called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And yeah, if you have anything you would like to ask me, discuss with me, or you have any thoughts about what I said, or you have any questions related to what I said, then please, please, please DM me at, my, uh, at this um, podcast episode at Pod. And yeah, um, I love you all very much and I hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <music>